South Sudan Focus on the Voice of America. I'm Nabil Biyaj in Washington, working on this program via remote. Here are some of the top stories making news across South Sudan this Tuesday, July 12, 2022. The death toll from last week's attack in Kapoita North County has risen to 240. It amounted to 235. And uh, these days we've been reporting that some people were still in the bush, were injured, and uh, as are dying, the use has been gone back yesterday, others are collecting. And calm has returned to South Sudan's border town of Numuli after three people were killed in recent violence, including a local chief. They were very wild, but uh, we were able to talk to them uh, late in the evening, and uh, they were able to remove uh, the two bodies of the uh, two boys that were shot on the day of the independence on the night in Mogali. We will have these stories and more coming up on South Sudan in Focus. Eastern Equatorial State authorities say the death toll from last week's cattle raids in Kapoita North County has risen to 240. The Kapoita North County Commissioner says the attackers, who were mostly young men from Pibor and Eastern Equatorial State, lost many lives when local youth repulsed them. Waki Simon Wudu reports for VOA from Juba. Last week, Eastern Equatorial State Information Minister Patrick Otim told the South Sudan in focus that 60 people were killed and dozens of others sustained gunshot wounds during cattle raids in Kapoita North County on Wednesday and Thursday. Kapoita North County Commissioner Emmanuel Napon told this program today that local leaders and young people discovered more bodies in the bush over the past few days. And uh, these days we've been reporting that some people were still in the bush, were injured, and uh, as are dying, the use has even gone back yesterday. The others are collecting their firearms, their belongings. And also, those who managed to reach to Napak, the Boya area, uh, others are still in critical condition. Yesterday we landed more than five died, and 71 others are still in there in critical condition. Napon says most of those killed were cattle raiders, but 14 Kapoita North County residents were also killed. He says 12 wounded residents are receiving medical attention at a Kapoita North County healthy facility. The attackers stole 15,000 heads of cattle from more than 200 households in seven villages, according to Napon. South Sudan in focus could not independently verify the figures. Napona says the raid comes as a surprise to his community. He says over the past few months, local authorities in Eastern Equatorial State engaged communities in activities aimed at preventing violence. Officials say the cattle raids were carried out jointly by armed young men from the Greater Pibora Administrative Area and a body county of Eastern Equatorial State. Napon says this is the first deadly raid carried out by armed youth from Pibor combined with the other youths from parts of Eastern Equatorial State since a similar incident took place 16 years ago. This is not the first time. Last month on the 20th of June, there was also a huge uh, raid done to our community where 27 people were killed and 9,000 injured and 7,000 heads of people were taken. And uh, our uh, state governor has been engaging, dialoguing with the administrator to ensure that this livestock is returned. They always say we shall see. Now this is another one. 
Napon says the latest attacks have affected hundreds of residents in the area. The community, especially the, the families whose animals have been taken, are actually in their, in their situation of humanitarian assistance. As you know, the livestock is the source of livelihood in our community, and uh, these families are in, in a situation that, they, that needs a quick response. John Abula, the deputy chief administrator of Greater Pibor Administrative Area, says he is aware of the attacks involving young men from his region and has been in touch with the Eastern Equatorial State authorities about the situation. Abula condemned the attacks. We are now, as the leaders of the state, we are trying to, you know, to bring uh, sheep together. And, and, and uh, some leaders from the youth, from very people, because they, they, they are from a certain uh, generation in, within the Murle. So we are targeting the, the, the leaders to talk to them so that not to are more involved in, in, in such uh, crime. Abola says greater Pibor administrative area officials would like to engage local area youth to try to dissuade them from violence but find it challenging to access young people, especially those staying in cattle camps far away. It's not because the authority in, in GPA is not taking care or taking control of the youth. You know, the youth is actually living in the cattle camps that are living there where the government even has no access to some of the cattle camps. So that is the, the issue that contributed to lack of accessibility to the, to the cattle, to the youth themselves. So we are not even failing to control them. In a statement issued today by Eastern Equatorial State Governor Louis Lobon condemned the attack. He also said five children were abducted during the raid and at least 70 of the attackers were wounded. Governor Lobong says the joint raid was coordinated by some elites from the communities of the raiders. Cattle raids and revenge killings are common in several areas of South Sudan, including Eastern Equatoria and Jungle States and the Greater Pibor Administrative Area. Government officials have not succeeded in curtailing the practice since the country's independence. For VNOs, Mwaki Simon Wudu in Juba. It's still an eastern equatorial state where state officials say the situation in South Sudan border town of Numuli has returned to normal after recent violence in which three people were killed, including a local chief. An eastern equatorial state official says state authorities intervened to end the violence. Viola Elias has more for VOA from Juba. Tensions were high in Nimule yesterday after a gunman shot and killed traditional chief John Ebele on Monday and two others were gunned down over the weekend. Angry young men from the Madi community staged protest over the killing of their chief on Monday by barricading roads and burning tires. The protesters also placed the three bodies of the deceased in the middle of the main road in Nimule with disrupted traffic on the Juba Nimule Highway. Eastern Equatoria Information Minister Patrick Oting told South Sudan in focus. It was unfortunate that Nimule Town Police Inspector Major David Casmiro, who spoke to this program yesterday, was shot in his leg later in the day when police tried to disperse the protesters. Oting says 
after government officials talked to the protesters for several hours last night. The situation has returned to normal. They were very wild, but uh, we were able to talk to them uh, late in the evening and uh, they were able to remove uh, the two bodies of the uh, two boys that were shot on the day of the independence of the nine in Mogali. And plus uh, the one of the chief, uh, uh, the one that was shot in the morning. Uh, basically, the situation is uh, it's calm. Uh, as I'm talking right now, uh, they are digging the grave uh, for all the three. They are not going to take them back to Mogali, but the community have uh, decided to dig the grave uh, within a uh, community land that they say they always do the rituals around or they bury very important people of the community. Oting says all trucks and buses which were held at the South Sudan-Uganda border for several hours yesterday due to the protests started moving again last evening. They started moving yesterday around four exactly. That's when they opened. And uh, those trucks, that trucks and the buses from Juba are going to Uganda. And those from Uganda uh, also are coming to Juba. Uh, and currently, I'm talking right now, we have cleared the road. All the tires that were burnt on the road have been cleared. South Sudan National Police spokesperson Major General Daniel Justin told South Sudan in focus on Monday. Police arrested a suspect in connection with the shooting date of the traditional chief in Nimule. Justin said authorities were investigating the motives behind the killing. In May, 21 civilians, including women and children, were killed and hundreds of heads of cattle were allegedly stolen during a raid in Mugali Payam of Eastern Equatorial State, Maguis County. Two policemen on patrol in Nimule town were also killed in a revenge attack. Local leaders said more than 1,000 families have been displaced, dozens of people have been killed and several others injured since the beginning of the conflict between Ampastrolis and farmers in Mugali Payam. Oting acknowledges Magui County has experienced repeated deadly attacks, especially after armed cattle keepers from Jungule State moved to the area. He says Eastern Equatorial State Governor Luis Lobong is expected to visit Nimule today to address the community about his government strategy to end intercommunal clashes. Hopefully maybe the head of the state uh, will be also in Nimule and uh, will look into it that uh, he will look into all this. He is the head of the state. Uh, he will know what to, to do. And uh, and of course, the community here is asking that he has to come, and uh, that is uh, what is they are preparing right now. And of course, as the head of the state, uh, he will be addressing the people and uh, even the plan of the government, uh, what the government has into protecting the life of the people in uh, in Numule. Oting has urged young men in Nimule not to take the laws into their hands and allow authorities apprehend the perpetrators of violence and let justice prevail. For VOA News, I am Viola Elias in Juba. Jungle state authorities are urging their counterparts in the greater Pibor administrative area to foil what they say is an ongoing mobilization of young men in the area. Jungle state officials allege a large number of armed young men in greater Pibor are planning to attack Jungle state. An Unmiss spokesperson says the mission is concerned about intercommunal violence in the Greater Pibor, Jongule and other areas and is closely monitoring the situation. Dengai Deng reports for VOA from Bor. Jongle State Information Minister John Samuel Manyuan says armed men have been mobilizing in the Greater Pibor administrative area with the intention of attacking Jongle. We are that the morally have mobilized they have left for Jongle. We don't know where will they attack. Uh, we only have had rumors of their 
uh, movements and mobilization to attack parts of uh, Jongle State. Uh, we had a living in two directions, one to areas of greater both and one to area of the law. Manyuan hedges the authorities in Pibor to stop the mobilization, saying it may turn into deadly violence. We are calling on the greater Pibor administrative area uh, to call back the, uh, from wherever direction they are going to, uh, through the county commissioners, through their chief, uh, the youth leaders. Uh, we need to have peace in our greater jungle. And by provoking this situation, we are returning our civil population to a bad situation. Chief Administrator of the Greater Pibor Administrative Area, Lokali Amea, denies any knowledge of armed youth mobilizing, but acknowledges that young men in his area are heavily armed and there exists the possibility that they could attack neighboring areas. I come before yesterday, that's what I come to great hours, hours, and I think there is not any mobilization to government go there. All the way I press the message of the peace. Use and greater, most of them, they have a lot of more weapons, more than the government we have, police and organized force. To the government, let's put our rent together and fought this criminal. This criminal is from Jongkore, let us put our rent together and fought this criminal. That's the way we can stop this. But if I claim I'm supporting people of greater Jongkore, of greater people, and the government of Jongkore, they're defending his people, these people, they will continue killing themselves, people who don't have a population. The mayor says if youth are mobilizing in his area, he will do his best to stop an impending attack. The spokesperson of the United Nations mission in South Sudan, Linda Tom, says Honmiz is concerned about fighting in several parts of the country and has deployed peacekeeping forces to some areas. We're concerned about, you know, the, the general situation, you know, in the country where we're seeing inter or intra or intercommunal or subnational violence in several parts of the country, including um, Jongle and Greater Pibor. So um, you can say that Linmis said that, you know, we are concerned, we are following very closely, you know, we are in 10 different uh, field locations, including in those areas. Um, you know, we have, we continue to have our peacekeeping presence on the ground, um, but yes, we're watching the situation very carefully. Mayor says he has been conducting peace campaigns in Greater Pibor to urge young people to seize all forms of hostilities, including cattle raids, child abductions, and road ambushes, which have crippled the transportation network and blocked humanitarian aid to the area. A mayor is urging jungle authorities to convene the youth to stop blocking the Juba Pibor Road so that goods and humanitarian assistance can reach Pibor. Cattle raids, revenge killings, and child abductions have become a common Currents in parts of Jongle and the Greater Pibor administrative area, despite many goodwill agreements signed by both communities in recent years aimed at ending the violence. For VOA News, I am Deng Gaiden in Bor. You're listening to South Sudan in Focus on The Voice of America. Coming up, we have a report about the role of the international community in realizing peace and stability in South Sudan. Stay tuned for that report right after this break.
Ryan in Focus is now on WhatsApp. Send us a message on plus one two zero two six three zero eight zero one one. Tell us what's happening in your area or give us your feedback on the stories you hear on South Sudan in Focus. We look forward to hearing from you on WhatsApp. That number again, plus one two zero two six three zero eight zero one one. You're listening to South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. After years of political instability in South Sudan following the country's independence, many South Sudanese feel the international community has abandoned them and that's why the West has not mounted much pressure on the unity government to implement the 2018 peace agreement. But a South Sudanese political analyst says the solution to the country's problems lies with South Sudan leaders, not the international community. Waki Simon Wudu reports for VOA from Juba. Prior to South Sudan's independence in 2011, the international community funded several humanitarian and development projects in the country. But after fighting broke out in late 2013, many partners reduced their funding on development programs and some, including the United States, imposed sanctions on South Sudanese individuals, all in an effort to pressure the country's leaders to eliminate corruption and restore peace and Stability. So far, those efforts have yielded a few positive results. However, Jok Madud Jok, a South Sudanese political analyst and a lecturer of anthropology at the University of Syracuse in New York, says South Sudan's problems can only be solved by South Sudanese. No matter how much international goodwill, no matter how much money is poured in from outside, no matter the diplomatic pressures, the reality is that no one can solve the problems of South Sudan except the South Sudanese themselves. All that the world can do is facilitate, pay and support, provide expertise, but the will to solve the problems of South Sudan is needed to come from the South Sudanese leadership itself. Jok says the political leaders who should have put the country on the right path are the same leaders who have caused the current socio-economic and political mayhem in the country. He says the chief problem in South Sudan, a failure of leadership, began with the country's political elite right at the time the country got its independence. Jock says the euphoria felt by the South Sudanese people in 2011 when the country attained its independence was depleted almost immediately and hopes were dusty when its leaders did not build a cohesive nation. And due to that uh, failure, political disunity uh, kicked in prominently soon after independence, and perhaps even dating back to the days of the struggle for independence. This was not addressed uh, following the the, the uh, ushering in of a new state. The second is a failure to manage the resources of the country for the benefit of all. It was soon after independence that most people in South Sudan fell into poverty in flagrant deprivation of people, their exclusion from the gains of independence. The third factor, in my view, is violence and insecurity that was perpetrated by uh, various militias, uh, disgruntled generals who fell out with the state, with the leadership at that time. South Sudan's birth had partly depended on efforts of the international community. 
the Comprehensive Peace Agreement signed in 2005 between the then semi-autonomous region of Southern Sudan and the Sudan government that led to an independent South Sudan was facilitated by the international community, especially the United States. Observers say, had it not been for the efforts of the international community, it's not known if the Comprehensive Peace Agreement would have been signed. Peter Lomude Francis, a senior member of the National Democratic Movement, one of the signatories to the 2018 Revitalized Peace Deal, says the international community and the region seem to have abandoned their role of backing the implementation of the agreement. The guarantors, they are not playing their part. Uh, the Egypt, that is supposed to appoint the chairperson of RGMX. You know, after today, the RGMX continues to be headed by an interim chair. So we feel that, you know, the, the, they should also, they should also, you know, uh, leave to, you know, their, their, you know, their mandate. And uh, they should help the people of Pakistan to, to move forward. Jock says the country's leaders have not followed through on their promises. People are marginalized and excluded from the gains of independence. Uh, for it is all these things, the inequality, the ghastly disparities that have been produced uh, among the people of South Sudan by the kind of leadership and the kind of petty capitalist system, the primitive accumulation of resources in the hands of a few people to the exclusion of the vast swath of the people, those are fundamental causes of conflict in these countries. Jock says the Kira administration needs to ensure that the country's resources are equitably distributed and provide adequate security for citizens so that the country can move forward. Until there is a sense that distribution of resources is equitable, protection of citizens is a prime responsibility of the state. Uh, The consequence of that is always that citizens will be interested in arming themselves to provide that protection. It disunites the country. Nicholas Haysem, the United Nations Special Representative of the Secretary General in South Sudan, speaking to the media recently, agrees with with Jock. Now what is required is national leadership, dedicated resources for completing the transition and a visible commitment by South Sudan's leaders to fulfill their responsibilities under the peace agreement. I call on all parties to demonstrate collective common purpose, unity of purpose, by working together towards the full implementation of the agreement. I encourage the leaders to take the necessary steps for the country to exit its transitional period through the conduct of free, fair, credible and peaceful elections. South Sudan plunged into deadly violence in December 2013, just two years after the country's independence. And in 2016, a fresh round of fighting broke out in Juba and quickly spread across the country, setting off a political and economic crisis. Researchers estimated that around 400,000 people have been killed in South Sudan in the subsequent conflicts since the fighting erupted in 2013. The 2018 peace agreement aimed at restoring peace and stability has largely remained unimplemented with less than eight months to go before the transitional period expires.
A recent United Nations report estimated that 60% of South Sudan population will face severe hunger by the middle of next year and called for urgent assistance to address the growing crisis. For VON News, I'm working Simon Wudu in Juba. And from Juba, we move to Sudan, where pro-democracy groups are closing ranks against coup leader General Abdel Fattah al-Burhan, rejecting his offer of a civilian government as protesters keep pressing for his resignation. VOA's Yahya Zuhib asks Saleh Mahmoud, president of the Darfur Lawyers Association, what these steps mean for the country moving forward. Majority of the people of Sudan are facing independence in 1957 up to this moment. The military rule the country almost 67 years out of 66 years of independence. Almost the collapse of the country and, and crisis, genocide, wars, displacements, and corruption, the result of this corrupt rulers of the military. This is the demand that there's no space for the military to do the country anymore. This is a major demand. Other demands are also justice and accountability due to the fact that a huge number of violations of basic human rights starting from killings and torture occur during during the times uh, revolution of 19 of uh, 2019 up to this moment but um, uh, there was some increase after the coup of the 26th of uh, october last year and this is why this why people are asking for justice and accountability it's uh, almost known that uh, the military rulers uh, starting from the transitional military council up to this moment are responsible for this violation, atrocities that occurred during the whole period of uh, the military coup. Since the 11th of, uh, of spring 2019 up to this moment, this is the second coup, and that is why protests and sittings are continuing. People are determined to see the result, which is very, very specific. That is, military should exclude itself from ruling the country. This is, this is the certain. There is no compromise. There is no idea so for partnership again with the military. The majority of the people are saying that they continue demonstrating and organizing treatment until the military coup uh, authority is greater to resign. That is that is. Mr. Saleh, uh, what, do you, what do you think uh, yes. Bur- Burhan promises to make way for a civilian government? At the same time, he wants to establish a new Supreme Council of the Armed Forces. What does that mean? This proposal has been rejected by the people because it's a futile effort again to maintain power. That is, on one side, he's saying, Yes, I am, I am ready to surrender uh, authority to the civilian-led government. He's saying that. But at the same time, he's saying the Supreme Council today is transferred to a higher military uh, apparatus, that is the, the security, uh, I mean, uh, like uh, an organization that is responsible for ruling the country instead of the military itself. That is, that is the point. The point that they are not 
far away from ruling the country. And again, he is telling the people that you should do this and that. The military has the control and monopoly. Abu said it is percent of these resources and are in the hands of the military. So this is why they are preparing themselves to again come back again through rigged uh, uh, elections to rule the country the same way they used to do 30 years ago. The way you're explaining it, there is no end in sight. The protests will continue and the military will still uh, maintain its power. Exactly. So that is what is happening today. Indications are sufficient to tell us that it is uh, a tactic that they are trying to, to maintain power through different tactics. And the fact is that uh, majority of the people, especially the distance of groups, aware of the fact that these are only tactics. There's no credibility regarding this kind of proposals. And this is why protests will continue, especially after the week holidays. That was Saleh Mahmoud, president of the Darfur Lawyers Association, speaking to VOAC here Zuhib from Khartoum. And that's all for this Tuesday's edition of South Sudan in Focus. I am your host, Nabil Biagio. Thanks for allowing us into your homes, cars, and on your phones. Join us again tomorrow for another edition of South Sudan in Focus from the Voice of America.